3: Final hour on this Friday, Dan and the Danette Stan Patrick Show. It's a meat Friday, sort of. McLovin controlling the menu. Tofu. And then I contractually obligated to put meat on those Traeger grills, and I have brought in some brats. Even though it's National Brisket Day, National Hamburger Day, we're having tofu with a side order of brats. Yes, Seaton O'Connor? Uh, Casey
4: on Twitter just asked, what is the date for a national betray your fellow Coworkers by asking for Tofu Day? <laughs> Ooh, I think that's today. <laughs> Apparently it's May
3: 28th. Uh, DanPatrick.com. Great t-shirts there. We got some sales on there for you as well. Sign up for the newsletter. Be part of the calendar. You're going to love the calendar photos. And people wondering how the uh, photo shoot went where Seton would be naked in my pool... Yes, that is a calendar photo. Uh, We weren't able to do it. There was a lack of equipment, uh, from what I'm told. (laughs) Was that the official excuse or... Couldn't get a wide enough lens there, Uh, Dan. (laughs) So Seton (laughs) Seton is shooting... We're shooting iconic album covers. And I I was ready yesterday. I thought we had the French kid coming over with his uh, camera. Seton was going to be naked in my pool. And uh, then I was told... Equipment didn't arrive? Is that what it was?
4: Some type of equipment failure.
3: <laughs> you can make your own joke. Yes, Paul.
5: Was Seton moments before going to be in your powder room like Dirk Diggler, like in uh, Boogie, Boogie Nights? Nights? Yeah. You're a star, you're a star, you're a star. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, McLovin. you he was? he's going to be a six-tool player in this calendar? No, he's, yeah. he's not
3: a six-tool player. No. Oh, my God. Ah. <sighs> Aaron Boone was with us and we were talking about Derek Jeter. And I said, I was a five tool host. I was sort of like the Derek Jeter of host. And uh, he said, well, he's a six tool player. And I, 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 you know, he was using that, the other tool for uh, being clutch. And I, of course went in a different direction. They said, Oh, with the, with the ladies and his reaction is that's like a meme. I think, because he went, what? Like, I think he thought he had said something when he didn't. I just led my perverted mind to lead him that way. Uh, Lakers played their first home playoff game in eight years last night. Now, they won the title in the bubble last year, but they haven't been in L.A. for the postseason since 2013. Even though, well, you had the seasons with Kobe. You had uh, Dwight Howard. Uh, it didn't work. And they returned home as a number seven seed, but it's clear they're no underdogs. You know, they were bigger, uh, got to the free throw line. They dominated on the glass, in the paint, and they won 109-95. And it, it, I was judging the reaction of the Lakers bench. When the bench starts to have fun, then you feel like the team has confidence that, hey, we're, we got this under control. Now, you have this under control with the Phoenix Suns because they don't have a rim protector Um, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, last night scored 34. But you got LeBron and AD. You play really good defense. And then we're wondering, do the Mavs knock off the Clippers? And if that's the case, then who is that next team that might be able to step up? I don't want to discount the Utah Jazz any more than we probably already have. But you got a deep team. You got some veterans there. You got home court. You got a rim protector in Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley. They got him and they shoot the three. That That is a formidable team. And there are certain teams that are built for the regular season, so certain teams that are built for the postseason. I don't know if Utah's built for the postseason. Because you have to be able to win when you're not playing great. Some teams during the regular season, all right, You know, we can go from this opponent to that opponent. Houston Rockets would do this occasionally. You know, where you know they would be great during the regular season, entertaining during the regular season. Can you win a game that you have to win? Not, hey, we lost a game in Memphis. No worries, we're going to Orlando. Plus, also, playoff basketball is just different. It's more physical, half court, and you're not able to just have free reign there. And you start to see, you saw that with Devin Booker last night where he pushed uh, Dennis Schroeder. It's a little more physical. Everything means more. And that's where you want to see, can a team step up? Can the Milwaukee Bucks win four games against the Sixers? Can they win four games against the Nets? I don't know. But I picked the Bucks to go to the the, uh, NBA Finals. The Lakers. I don't think you can beat them if if Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy. You're not going to beat them. 4 You're not going to win four games out of seven. It's not going to happen. And then you got the Mavs with the Clippers' season tonight. It, I mean, it feels like Portland, Portland's future and the Clippers' future is start of you know sort of hanging in the balance here because I don't know what happens in Portland other than Terry Stotts, their coach, will probably get fired. And then do you start to look at this roster and go? We need to do something different. And then you have the Clippers. Clippers don't have a good supporting cast. But I don't know how people thought. There were people who last year said the Clippers, and this year didn't learn their lessons and said the Clippers. Luke Kennard, Serge Ibaka. Like, these are your off-season acquisitions. Well, Luke Kennard is not playing because of matchup problems. Serge Ibaka? You're the Clippers. Now, granted, you can say the Lakers, uh, Marcus Saul, Mm, all right. But Dennis Schroeder was a really good pickup for this team. But if you're in the West, can you win four games against the Lakers? And if they're healthy, I don't think you can. And in the East, can you beat the Nets four games? And the only reason why I picked the Bucs was because I thought, can the Nets stay healthy? And I don't know, you know, for the next couple of playoff series, but I do think Milwaukee is an underdog, makes them extremely dangerous, and they're up three games to none. We'll talk to Jeff Van Gundy, the uh, analyst for the Mothership. He'll join us uh, coming up. Frank Vogel, the Laker head coach, talked about what LeBron and Anthony Davis did last night. AD, even
2: though
6: he had, uh, you know, was 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 dinged up with his knee and was a little bit hobbled. Uh, really committed uh, to what worked for us in Game Two, which is r- really running the floor, being the first big down, uh, putting pressure on their transition defense, and that opened up a lot of driving lanes for Braun, who who mentally made the you know the decision you know to get downhill and, and just live in the paint and live at the rim. He was dominant during that stretch, and you know those two guys
4: uh, really reversed the the whole course of the game.
3: Yeah, and they shot eighty percent from the line, eighty six percent from the line. Got 58 points in the paint. You should win the. Yes, you're better than this team. And take advantage of your size. And that's what they're doing. Get to the free throw line. Don't shoot fadeaway jumpers. 877 3DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. A couple of phone calls. Uh, Preston in Ohio. Hey, Preston, what's on your mind today?
7: Hey, what's up, TP? Hey, 511 220. Not healthy. Thanks, COVID. Um, I wanted to call about the poll question. I I don't think it's changed. I think uh, Calter got it right yesterday. It's all about social media. It's just easier to share it now. Um, about five years ago, six years ago, Jordan uh, Shepley's rookie year, whatever it was, all of our friends are split 50-50, Browns fan, Bengals fan, and we – troll our friends and buy them tickets to the opposing match, you know, the opposing game that year. Buddy of mine, real big guy, played college football, wearing a uh, brand-new, top-of-the-line $180 Shepley rookie jersey, five minutes out of the car, gets a beer thrown at him, nachos dumped on him, and got hit with a folding chair.
3: That's quite a fan experience. Thank you, Preston. Yeah, social media has changed things because, hey, I'm going to post this. Hey, watch. Hey, we got video of this. I'm going to get famous. Everybody wants to be famous for 15 minutes. And this allows people to have that moment. Did you see what I did to Russell Westbrook? Did you see what I did to Trey Young? Yeah, we did, idiot. But social media has played a large role in this. Greatest spectacle in racing returns the month of May, the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500 Sunday at 11 Eastern, only on NBC. Oh, look who has joined the program, the popular Rich Eisen of the Rich Eisen Show and NFL Network. Hi, Rich.
8: DP, I was driving to work. I heard your story about taking uh, your kids to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and um, and what what were the names of the guys that she took pictures of? Who was this? Was this Georgia who took
3: the pictures? Oh, of? no, this was Grace. But it was like, you know, Jim and Tommy, and uh, she just took pictures of two drunk Patriots fans at the game. Well,
8: the first Super Bowl uh, we took our kids to was, believe it or not, Patriots and Seahawks. And and the, the fact that the thing that they remember most about it were the Patriots fans around them as well, Dan. Because they were just chit chatting with their own Jimmys and Toms and Mike the entire game. Yeah. And Katy Perry comes out at halftime, and I'm sitting in the stands as well. It was the first Super Bowl I ever did not work the post game show, so it was the first one I actually sat in the stands for myself, because I normally would have to be getting ready to do a post game. But anyway, any rate, so Katy Perry's coming out, and she does her halftime, and my son, Zan, is dressed in a Tom Brady jersey, and he's, he's just dancing his head off. And then halftime ends, and a Patriot fan looks at me, and he just waves me over to him. And I'm like, okay, wh- what are we going to talk about here? And he just leans over. He goes, your son is one hell of a dancer. Just like,
2: <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> and they were just all, like, best friends the rest of the game. And it was... Uh, one of those things as well, where you said that the game that you took him to was so memorable and exciting. Um, yeah. I, I will tell them, like, you were, you had a front row seat. We were right there in the mezzanine, right on the goal line when Malcolm Butler picked off Russell Wilson. They don't, they don't remember it. They're literally talking about Katy Perry to this day. It's kind of crazy.
3: Yeah. But you know, what resonates with them, and, and I, I just, I dropped them off at the Super Bowl, and I had to host Sports Center that night. And uh, you know, then they came back, but just to get my daughter's film developed, and all it was was the, these two guys. <laughs> you you're like, I, said, I said, Grace, what are you, what are you doing? She goes, "Oh, Dad, I just took pictures, and then they, they both passed out. Like they, I think they got tired, and I... it's like it's
8: like the the final credits to the hangover, right? like you get the you get the camera back, You don't know what's in it, yeah, you don't know what's in it and Then you take a look at it. But I guess a question I have for you as well, because you mentioned the first Super Bowl was New England versus Carolina that was um, That was NFL Network's first Super Bowl. Um, I was in the building as well. That was also the wardrobe malfunction halftime. Did you ever have a conversation with your kids about that one? They had no idea
3: where their seats were, Rich. (laughs) They had, they they couldn't see it. They weren't sure if there was a football game going on, but uh, (laughs) you know, uh, wow. Yeah, they they, they, did after the fact because my wife goes, "Did did did they see the you know what happened with Jen? I go, "No." I said, "Hun, no, they they did not. Hey, uh, before Uh, I let you go, uh, the Julio Jones situation. Yes, sir. Where, 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 because it feels like it's not if, but when, but how about where? I don't know. New England
8: sounds the right spot to me because they can absorb it immediately. They could truly use him. They're talking about it. Um, And it would make a ton of sense, an absolute ton of sense. Um, but then you know the report. I think it was uh, it was from Diana Rossini of ESPN um, that they they already have a one in their back pocket. That does not sound like New England to me. Although it, it, New England is the only team Atlanta could say to when they ask, they say, "We'll just give you 2 They're like, "Well, you know, that's what we got from Muhammad Sanu from you." <laughs> yeah, that's so true. that's true. You know, so point. let's 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 realize who we're talking about here, right? So um, that makes sense. The Titans would make a ton of sense too. Um, because they're, I just don't see them trading them within their conference. Green Bay is the one that makes the most sense to me, Dan. It really does. It fixes everything, you know. And I know this sounds like a fantasy football trade, but telling Atlanta you needed, you were looking for, you know, the successor to Matt Ryan. Well, we've got him, and um, you can take a look at him yourself. He looks great in practice, but his presence is kind of, you know, pissing off our MVP quarterback. Um, and we'll give, you, we'll give you him and a two, and you give us Julio Jones, and then you look at Aaron Rodgers and you say, okay, you wanted to stay here and you wanted the best possible team as a window of opportunity. How about the best wide receiver tandem in football, maybe this entire 21st century? How does that sound? Let's go. Yeah. And we've already put Aaron Jones on the credit card, and you got big Bob Tanyan, and you let's go. Let's, what, what is, it kind of makes an insane amount of sense, which means it probably won't happen. In a million years.
3: Just want to let you know that uh, yes, sir. we're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> just want to let you know. Well, I should you. have I, told you that up front that we were yeah, on the air. Yeah, but
8: here. I was going to say I'm out of NFL Network, but um, you know, now that I know I'm on the air, I'll just keep that to myself. All right.
3: Uh, thank you, Rich. <laughs> Thanks you don't from like me. that joke, Dan? Yeah, Dan
8: yeah. I can tell when you disapprove. I can tell when you disapprove.
3: Oh, no, you paid it off. I didn't want to try to challenge it. I'd let it breathe. <laughs> I can't.
8: Dude. I should let the, you look you you should I should let that that's just my fault. I should let you put the button on the conversation. Yes. It's your show, I'm a guest. My bad, Dan. I'm yeah. sorry.
3: Yeah, I mean you put a bow on it, but look no. I know I know humor, Rich. <laughs> okay? I mean,
8: I Yeah. I'll leave it to you, Dan.
3: Like how many Sandler movies have you been in, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
8: i've been in a couple of csi miamis dan so you know i've got that going there's
3: nothing me. funny about csi miami Oh i disagree sir <laughs> you and i will
8: have to have a conversation at another date but um, all right dan all
3: right that's rich eisen who joins us on the program on loan for the nfl network and the rich eisen show that follows this one on peak.
5: Yeah, I, I didn't want to top him. I I, I let him have, put the bow on it. You had a real nice line there, call back to yeah. you're on the air right now. Yeah, that's all. And he said, oh, I was about to drop. I'm leaving NFL Network. That was a nice little payoff. Yeah, yeah. You guys teamed up nicely. Yeah, but I, I'd let him have the line. That's all.
3: Uh, Brandy in Iowa joins us, and we'll take a break. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy will join us coming up.
0: Hey, Brandy. Hey, Ben. Hey, bud. Oh, hello. Yep. Hey. Hey, happy meat Friday-ish, question mark. (laughs) I have to say, the only tofu you find in Iowa is in hot and sour soup, so I don't Mm. think we'd have to have that problem here. Yeah, yeah. but looking to see if you can settle a disagreement that I'm having with the, the Detroit fan in my house. Mm-hmm. So we're having a discussion about all-time greats, right? So, example, LeBron, Durant, all-time greats. Do these fan bases, when players move and play for, say, three to five years, get to claim that player as their all-time great? So, for example, is Durant an all-time Golden State great or just an all-time great player? I say they're an all time great rental. And that's where he and I disagree. So I'm either the get off your long guy or not hip enough, as he is. Well,
3: Kevin Durant's an all time great for the Thunder. He's not an all time great for the Warriors. Agreed. So Um, we're on the same page. Yeah. And he's wrong.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: He's stupid.
0: <laughs> I will pass that on. Yes, pass. A he's a it Detroit on. fan. Yeah. He's a Detroit fan. What's he gonna do? But yeah. I agree. Same thing, but the bandwagon fan, I mean the fans, especially like the Lakers, they've gone nuts over LeBron being an all time Laker great. And it's like he's been there two minutes and fifty seconds. But it, you know, that's kind of my thought process as well. All right. for the Thank time. you, Brandy. Have a great weekend. Yes, Paul.
5: There's one issue though. Let's say you go to a town for a short period of time and you win them a title. Like Kawhi Leonard is a Toronto Raptors all-time great. Mm. He is because he went there, gave them the title they wanted, then moved on. Well, should it a... be the
3: amount of time
5: that you stay or is it what you accomplish when you stay there? It's, it's usually time, but this is a case where mm. they will retire his jersey, Kawhi Leonard, mm. probably. Mm. They've got room. They've got, they haven't retired that many. I don't know if Mo Pete got his jersey retired.
3: Is, is Chris Bosch an all-time Miami Heat great? Heck of a run. Is Shaq an all-time Miami Heat great? He was there when they won a title. I I think there has to be a a limit on the number of years that you spend there. Like, maybe we just establish it. It's five years. I guess Brady, an all-time Tampa Bay Buccaneer.
4: Definitely a Ring of Honor guy or whatever they got (laughs) down there, for sure. (laughs) Well... Uh, yeah, they,
3: they they can't keep inducting all the players from that one Super Bowl winning team with Gruden. Yeah, McLevin. I think he is. Like,
1: shouldn't it's Tampa you Bay.
3: shouldn't you have to have a certain amount of time with a franchise? Like Chris Bosh is an all time Raptor, more so than Kawhi Leonard is. I mean, Bosh was there, got drafted there, was great there, and then ended up leaving and going to Miami.
5: Yeah, Paul. Kurt Warner feels like an all-time Arizona Cardinals great, and they got to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but he feels like he is for that franchise.
3: But as a Hall of Famer, is he an all-time New York Giant great because he did play there? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think there's gray area here. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy will join us coming up next. It's 20 after the hour. This is The Dan Patrick Show.
4: You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe oh, same. there was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know what I, what really I mean, thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, or you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun.
3: Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem?
2: Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash
3: promos. Warm weather is here. Time to fire up the Traeger Wood Pellet Grill, offering we, real, real wood fire flavor. Set it and forget it. Wi-Fi, connected convenience. Traeger Grill, the way to go. TraegerGrills.com slash show to learn more. I don't understand what uh, Miles Teller is doing. This actor who's spending all this time with uh, Aaron Rodgers in Hawaii. You know, their uh, significant others are there as well. But he just sent out a tweet that said, Congrats on signing with the Packers. Do I have that right, Paulie?
5: Yeah, he was uh, probably across a table for lunch with uh, Aaron Rodgers and his uh, fiance. Okay, but why would he do that? I don't get the joke there. It's like...
3: Is it a joke? Is he trolling? Likely. He had to get Aaron Rodgers' approval,
5: right? We actually called for Miles Teller. No response. Okay. I watched Whiplash the other night again. It holds up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Non sequitur. Yeah,
3: thank you. Jeff Van Gundy, the uh, ESPN NBA analyst. ESPN's playoff coverage continues seven games over the weekend. Jeff's going to call the Nets and Celtics tonight. That's at 8.30 Eastern Sunday's game between the Suns and Lakers. ESPN's NBA playoff audience includes the play-in tournament. It is up 85% from 2020 heading into the weekend. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Good morning. How are you? We lost Jeff. I asked Todd to do one thing today. Make sure Jeff Van Gundy showed up okay. That's what I got. It's a real nice intro, too, you gave Yeah, it was. That was a big intro. We'll see if we can uh, get... Jeff, reconnect with uh, Jeff Van Gunny. Yeah, McLembe. Maybe got stuck in traffic outside of Madison Square Garden, Shohei Otani style, Mm. late for his appearance. Mm. Well, that'd be odd because he's going to Boston for the Nets and Celtics there. Yes, Paul.
5: Years ago when uh, Jeff Van Gunny first got the Knicks job, my friend and I were going to a Knicks game. We got to the game about an hour early, and we were in line at Wendy's, and Jeff Van Gunny was in line waiting for a burger and fries. Did you say anything? No, but I "I think that's a new Knicks coach. And my buddy goes, he would never be at Wendy's an hour before game time. Hmm.
3: Yeah, they usually have a decent spread, usually before the games. For the media, I know that. I'm guessing, yeah.
1: Isn't that all you ate in your 20s? Pretty
3: much. Pretty much when I was working in New York at CNN and I didn't make any money. uh, I remember those, uh, the spreads for the media at any of those events. I dove in. Like, I'd put shrimp in my pocket if I could. It's like, uh, I'm at a Tommy Hearns boxing press conference. I'm like stuffing shrimp in my pocket. Did you make up a question just to, to justify well, no. the food? No, no. I was I was supposed to interview Tommy Hearns. And I, and I, you know, I remember some boxing person said, are you, uh, you going to sit down? Yeah, waiting for my cameraman there. Is uh, Jeff Van Gundy with us? We, we believe so. Okay. Hey, Jeff. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good. Yourself? I'm doing okay. Did you go to Wendy's before a Knicks game when you were first in New York, first year as a coach? McDonald's. Oh, so
6: Paulie... that's how I celebrated getting hired. I uh, I signed my contract and uh, <laughs> stopped in the drive-thru on the way uh, up the West Side Highway. I don't even think that McDonald's is still there, but yeah, that uh, the number one combo never tasted so good. But there's a
3: Wendy's across the street, though and and paulie said that he saw you there one time and oh
6: it's very possible oh, okay. absolutely okay. get the chili are you kidding me i'm
3: sure <laughs> uh that's all i wanted to ask you jeff i just wanted yeah. to find out about that uh are the Knicks a good team or just a good story
6: no they're 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 a good team that maxed out the uh, the talent at hand in the regular season. And we see this every once in a while where expectations for playoff success rises, uh, because of what happened in the regular season. But there's no question Atlanta has more, more offensive talent, um, the depth of their talent is better. That doesn't mean the Knicks can't win, but I picked Atlanta. I thought they were a slight favorite going in uh, just because I think they have just more weapons offensively.
3: Yeah, I picked Atlanta as well. I was also wondering about the atmosphere because you coached in New York and you coached – these were big games, uh, playoff games, but can you – did you ever – were you ever aware of the surroundings you know, fan behavior while you were coaching?
6: Not, not necessarily the behavior, but the, the intensity and passion of the crowd. Absolutely. And I think the garden was never louder than it was in game two uh, of this series. I mean, it was overwhelming. I've never seen a crowd that I remember in the garden standing an entire half. And it looked like the whole place was standing up uh, the entire second half. And I think, um, so the crowd, intensity, and passion, yes, aware of. I'll tell you, I, I am a little, I'm very disturbed, though, by some of these incidents that uh, fans becoming emboldened uh, to try to, you know, feel like they can spit on, uh, dump popcorn on. Uh, that That's really disturbing, though.
3: But I don't know what it is, Jeff. Are the fans any different? I, I mentioned social media plays a role here, but are they more passionate? Uh, you know, people trying to use pandemic, like, oh, you're being let out of the house. They, like, you're not going to your your job today and spitting on somebody or pouring popcorn on something. Like, I I don't know what the reasoning is behind this.
6: Well, I, I would say probably at a lot of places, alcohol plays a uh, a major factor, I'm also disappointed in the – you know, they're banning them from the arena. First of all, that's of no consequence because people can come right back in. It's not like the people charged or per, perceptually they're banned. They can't get in. It's not like there's facial recognition and they're get, they can't come in. We don't even know who they are. Uh, particularly with the Trey Young incident spitting on someone. He should have – the person – should have been arrested like there there has to be harsher consequences for these type of actions and you know but you're right like it's not that much different some of the things said to patrick ewing um at road arenas i gotta say like back in the night it 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 would you know it today people were going to be, would be like stunned at how bad it was at times. So, um, I, I don't know other than alcohol, how you can explain, you know, these bad behaviors, but certainly, um, a few people just, you know, it's criminal activity is what it is.
3: And I don't know how Patrick was able to just internalize that. I mean, Trey Young getting spit on and you know, you just and you gotta play a game. Um I and I you know, we we've all been down there with press row and you hear what, what is said or a football game or basketball or baseball. Have you ever had to say anything to any of your players, like, hey, stay in the moment or don't let it bother you.
6: Uh I don't remember doing that, Dan, but I I gotta say, like, some of these things like you shouldn't have, you know, they have security behind the bench. I think this is where basketball is a little bit different than football. Football, there's more separation between the fans and, you know, the the players. And in basketball, particularly when we're, you know, not in a COVID season, I mean, they're right on top of you. And the things they say or could do, um, you know, make the basketball players much more vulnerable to two things. And so I I don't remember ever saying it, but I got to say that sometimes I was actually stunned that they didn't react more often. You know, the the idea when I think Westbrook went after somebody, um, I remember way back Vernon Maxwell went in the stands after somebody, you know, I know they shouldn't do it, but until you're in that situation where people, you know, can say these things because they know they're being protected by you know, the rules and the league will actually pro- you know, protect the fan more oftentimes than they protect the players. Um, I think it's try- they're trying to get better at it, but we still have a long way to go.
3: He's Jeff Van Gundy of the Mothership. He'll be on the call, Nets and Celtics. Uh, Any way the Nets don't... I gotta
6: say, I love when you say Mothership. That just makes me laugh <laughs> each and every time. Go ahead.
3: I've been saying it for decades. I, and I know, I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. Any way the Nets don't reach the NBA Finals?
6: Well, yeah, there's a way. Uh, but to me, they're the prohibitive favorite. I think... The path in the Eastern Conference, you know, they're going to have to play an outstanding Milwaukee team most likely in the next round uh, if they're to advance, if they're advanced past the Celtics. And then they've got to face a team, they most likely have to face a terrific Philadelphia team who's great defensively and with a power post up player that they really don't match up great with. So, yeah, there's there's a, a course. Uh, and a path that they don't, uh, certainly. Because I think the competition at the top half of the East, uh, those top three teams, could all advance uh, easily to the NBA Finals.
3: If I gave you the Lakers or the field in the West?
6: Wow. If you would have said that before the playoffs, <laughs> I would have said the field. Yeah, You know, now, like, I see them ratchet up that defense. Uh you know if they're if they're able to advance past phoenix, you know portland or denver, denver particularly because they're injured uh, i could i can't see either one of those teams beating them so you know it's their defense dan i mean they're yeah. they're big and they're tough and they guard and and when anthony davis you know gets big numbers and you got james Uh, you know, neither one had a great first half, but they come out in that second half and they just pound, you know, a really good Phoenix team. So I'd have to take LA now that you said, uh, you know, if you'd pose that same question to me, I'm going to, I'm going to probably take LA.
3: What if the Clippers bow out opening round? What kind of ramifications fall out any, if any?
6: Yeah, uh, unknown because I think Kawhi Leonard could be a free agent, uh, if he chooses to be um, you know, obviously I, I don't really understand their messaging um, when people asked him after the second loss, is there any concern? And they said no concerns. And I'm like, like that's far different from saying we're not panicked. We're still confident, but to not have any concern. I mean, Luka Doncic in and of itself is a concern down two zero is a concern. Um, you know, their inability to to guard in a manner in which, like, they should be a great defensive team. They have every component you need to be a great defensive team. So if I was their players, I, I, I think the proper messaging would be, yeah, still confident but concerned. We need to be more urgent. Uh, you know, we need to play better. And – I think this started with their attitude towards the last couple games of the regular season, where, you know, they lost. I don't want to say on purpose, but they certainly weren't playing to win. And the West is hard. Like, Dallas is no joke. I mean, I think they beat them by 50 earlier in the season. So obviously, uh, this is a really good team. Uh, a dangerous offensive team, and they've got a preeminent star in in Doncic.
3: Is there a younger a young player you would take over Luca to start your team?
6: Well, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but I'll give you first choice. And if I get to, I get Doncic, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with like like the way this. You know what impresses me about him is as he's improved his shooting later in the year, like when he gets into the lane, he's so big, so strong, with such great vision. There's no great way to handle him in the two-man game. Like in the pick and roll, you can trap him, and he can see over the trap, and he's a willing passer, and they have great shooting around him. Uh, If you drop deep in the lane with your big – He's so big and strong that he takes it deep and he can either finish or f- make every pass necessary. And if you switch, particularly if you play a traditional center, he just obliterates those guys. So there is no good coverage for him. And I think he's more dialed in. He's not a a, a, a good individual defender per se, but he's more dialed in defensively because he knows that ultimately you have to guard to win. And so I think this guy is a, you know, just a great, great player. I mean, if you put him as your MVP in in, in a ballot, I mean, he's going to be in the top eight. No question.
3: Yeah, he might turn out to be like Mike Trout, where he's always in the conversation for MVP. The question is, is he going to win championships, just like Mike Trout? Mike Trout is, you know, obviously one of the great players, but... He's not winning a championship anytime soon, and, and Luka may have a situation that's similar to that.
6: Well, so much of winning a championship, as you know, Dan, is who you play with and who you play against. Some some players were just born at the wrong time, and even though they had good players around them, they just didn't have you know enough around them to win it all. So, you know, Doncic, I think they have a very good team. I, I know... Uh, They got off to a bad start this year. You know, Porzingis' injury, I think, had an impact. I think Doncic didn't shoot the ball particularly well. But since Rick Carlisle has gone to Richardson off the bench, starting hard away with Finney Smith, Kleba, Porzingis, and Doncic, that starting lineup is big, it's versatile, and it has a lot of answers at both ends of the floor.
3: You coached against Jordan, Later, Jordan, you coached against Kobe. You coached against LeBron, a young LeBron. Game plan wise, who did you, who did you figure out a little bit better than the other two?
6: Mm, there's no, there, there wasn't. There's really no figuring out great players. I think what you try to do with all great players, Dan, is you can't give them everything. Um, so, for instance where we always started off with game planning against great players, you know, first of all, O'Neal was by far the hardest guy. Like there was no game plan for the power of O'Neal. So, but on those perimeter players, what you try to do is take away transition layups and try to take away free throw attempts. The pull-up game you know, some of the threes we see LeBron James making now off the dribble. He made one in game two against uh, Phoenix, you know, left corner off the dribble fade. There's nothing you can do with that. You've got to take away layups. you got to take away free throws. And the harder you make it on great players in the half court, they try to figure out all right, I got to get out and transition more. I got to get to the offensive boards more. So you've got to fight them in the effort areas. But there's truly no way to stop them. But you can't give them everything. So for James, you know, like you can't give him 30 points and double digit assists. Like you're he's going to get probably one or the other, but you can't give him both.
3: It's always great to talk to you, Jeff. Uh, have fun tonight. It's the Nets and the Celtics. That'll be at 8.30 Eastern on the Mothership. And uh, Sunday's game will be Suns-Lakers at 3.30 Eastern on ABC. If you can slip in Mothership tonight, that'd be kind of nice.
6: Well, do- I think we're on ABC tonight. so oh, you, if are. you have to. I think we are. So um, I think tonight, yeah, it's an 8.30 game because I think the other games are on the Mothership. Uh, Knicks come on at 7.00. And I believe at nine thirty is uh Dallas, right? So two games on the mothership, one on A B C and I if I, I am gonna get mothership in tonight and Mark Jackson will probably uh reprimand me immediately, but that's all right. Yeah. I can I can handle that.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't worry about Mark Jackson. Mike Breen's a Hall of Famer. I'd worry about him. But uh, uh, hey, yes, he is. great to talk to you, Jeff. Uh, thank, All right, thanks care. for joining us. That's Jeff Van Gundy. We'll take a break. Uh, back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? All terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring. Go to TireRack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin? I suggest the easy-to-use tire decision guide. Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to tirerack.com/dan. See their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com/dan. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be. Send this out to friend of the show, the former tight end NFL. Now broadcaster for Fox, uh, Greg Olson, with what his wife and he are going through with uh, one of their children. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, Greg Olson's child needs a heart transplant, but they've gone through an awful lot with uh, one of their children. That's why when you have them, you just want them healthy. It always sounds so simple and so cliche, but when you have kids, all you want them is you just want them healthy. That's it. You know, I... I, I don't care, you know, if they were great baseball players or even the great – I just that they're healthy. And certainly when they're younger, that's that's very, very difficult to go through. If you've ever taken a child to the emergency room, uh, you know what that feeling is like. All right, we'll get a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Sean in California. Hey, Sean, what's on your mind today?
10: My uncle from another mother. My brother's behind the boards. What? What's what up 2 a days wherever you're at right now, brother. <laughs>
3: Thanks. So you, Sean.
10: man, I just gotta I just gotta let you know, Big Danny man, great call with Boone. That's why you're the best interviewer on sports radio, man. Six tool, classic. Um also super sad about Steve not being able to show off his tool in your pool. Um didn't mean to rhyme there, but I'll take it. Um but I got a little bone to pick with one of your well, one of somebody on your show. I'm not even gonna call him a Danette right now, man. First of all, he's a Philly fan, a horse poo-eating, popcorn-dumping, Santa booing Philly fan. Let's start there. Second, I think Fritzi can officially denounce the title of least valuable Danette. If Dan didn't save uh, Hayden every day with an actually useful poll question, uh, I, don't, I don't think the audience would have anything to do on their computers all morning long. And no, McHayton, you do not look like Clive Owen. Take a seat, Fogle. There's a reason your show name is McLovin'. But the biggest issue I have with the system Danette himself is the absolute disgracing of Meat Friday. No brats, no T-bones, no luau pork, not even a chicken thigh. Tofu?
3: All right. Well, thank you, Sean. Yes, uh, the Danettes are trying to be respectful. They had a little bit of tofu. I refused. People are getting emotional. A lot of people. He's
2: not alone, that
3: guy. Yes, it's a Meat Friday. The last time you get to pick your menu. Yes, yes, Paul.
5: I had a bite of the tofu. It's well-prepared. It's got taste, but it's a big waste of stomach stomach space.
3: Yeah, and it's a meat Friday. It's not tofu Friday. McLovin, what did you learn today? I
5: learned that you can make an excellent tofu
3: steak on a trailer. Oh, shut up.
5: Satan? Derek Jeter, that rare six-tool player. Six-tool player. Paulie? Aaron Boone says, Jeets,
3: six tools. What did I learn? Jeff Van Gundy likes Wendy's. Oh. (laughs) Well, we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond their build-equipped, engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. A lot of fun this week. Thank you again. We'll talk to you next week. Have a safe weekend. Fun weekend. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m.
2: Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy, or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun.
1: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?